welcome to another episode of The Light Shed with your boy, Syringe, and Bam's Money Malone. What's good? What up, what up, what up, what up, what up, what up? So uh, today is a special day. I have uh, my good friend and fellow creative genius, Tom Ryan of Theater of Terror here. Say what up. What up, guys? How you doing? Good, good, good. Good, good to have you. Good, good to have man. You. Thanks for having me on. It's cool. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, for all those that don't know, um, the whole point of this show is to kind of introduce you to all sorts of different talent, creative people that we know within our circle and beyond. And Tom is, um, so boom, let's start from the way back when. When I was a kid, I started making movies with... A good friend of mine's brother, which became like my my uh, video guru. Um, his name was Nico, um, and Nico taught me how to make short films and edit on cassette tape. This is a true story. He would teach me how to go back and rewind and and cut or stop the tape where you want to start the next scene. If you would mess up, you can kind of edit that way throughout the whole film. But anyway. Beyond that, we were all friends. We all grew up together. But Tom here um, and Nico were already making movies. So I, I, I learned or, or knew Tom before I even knew Tom. I just saw these movies and this dude looking like a fucking straight up metalhead. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like in, the, in these videos and whatever. They had really cool um, home videos. of just like the, the funniest homemade movies you'd ever seen. But... They had style and, um, you know, they were super creative for what these people were using, what these guys were using. One in particular, you remember the one where you played the, the Rastafarian guy? You had the freaking <laughs> vampire in the basement. Yeah, vampire in the basement. <laughs> and uh, anyway, so that whole backstory carries on till right now because Theater of Terror was one of those... Um, ideas right i mean i remember seeing theater of terror like the short video back then no yeah so theater of terror back then was a a play on masterpiece theater right mm -hmm. so where it would be two guys and at the time it was uh, me and a friend of mine kurt stalin who was also really good friends with nico uh and uh we would sit on a couple of chairs in the living room and with our legs folded and cups in our hands like we're drinking tea or something and <laughs> be talking about these horror movies that we saw. Mm -hmm. And we would actually not be talking about real existing horror movies, but we would basically act out a short scene from each film when we said, let's watch a scene from the film. Then it would be us in the scene. Oh, that's dope. And, uh, <laughs> and it was also kind of Siskel and Ebert style too. Where sure. we would, yeah, yeah. And um, so most of the time we would trash our own films and just say how <laughs> awful they were. Uh, but that was the theater of terror. And that, that led to the relationship between, Kurt, myself, Nico, Fakar. Yeah, yeah. You know. Well, uh, yeah. I, yeah. I, yeah, go on. Go on. Yeah. But uh, Summer mm -hmm. um, and that whole group of guys mm -hmm. and that we just kind of grabbed VHS tapes. I was doing that kind of shooting um, with Mike Beck, who's worked on plenty of productions. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Mike. And uh, we were doing that stuff as well over on Sip Avenue in Jersey City, shooting <laughs> stuff in the backyard. We shot a couple of films, Alligator and Alligator 2 and Alligator 3. And, <laughs> and, uh, and 
yeah so we it was you know we were we were in the middle of doing a lot of that stuff and uh ran into you know kurt nico all friends guys were big into martial arts back then and they loved martial arts swords throwing stars now what are are we talking here uh late 80s or 90s uh Mid to late eighties, mid to late eighties, okay, cool, cool, yeah, cool. Oh, yeah, and then into and then probably into the nineties. Yeah, because uh, I remember Smell Razor. Yeah, 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 all, all <laughs> yeah, of that yeah, shit. Yeah, fucking yeah. Uh, Evil Bread. Yes, yes, you know what I mean, yes. Uh, I used to like the cops skits that those guys yeah, would run so to. Funny, uh, man. So funny, But yeah, so that that we kind of had that family together, and uh, you know, so Theater of Terror when. Uh, when I relaunched Theater of Terror, it was right after we had a reunion and memorial mm-hmm. for Nico. Word. And we all just started kind of talking about this, you know, the, the films that we were making, um, the fun that we had, but the just some of the genius ideas that we that we had that were just so much fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, I says, man, we got we to do this again. I had just worked as an actor on a, a friend, Corrado Gattoletta, was doing a web series called Dead Road. Mm. And that brought, that kind of made me realize what we could do with digital. Mm-hmm. We spoke after I did day nine, um, my first so short th- film. So this all happened right, be- so all of, all, all of this part literally um, happened right right before Faces then, right? That was it, yeah. Because I remember you saying, yo, I'm on this thing on Dead we Road got together. on YouTube. Yeah. Oh, wow. So I didn't that whole thing cascaded. Like, so... <clears throat> I took the media arts for two years in Jersey City State College before it was New Jersey City State University. Mm-hmm. Um, studied the media arts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> had to drop out um, because they were raising my tuition like every semester because mm-hmm. they were on their way to becoming a university. So they yeah. were transitioning. It just got expensive for me. I was paying for college out of pocket. I just left and just started working and kind of fell out of it because when I took media arts in Jersey City State College, we were cutting film and mm-hmm. cutting tape. And that is, at this point, it's just needless. Everything is digital now. Word. And, uh, you know, it's, I, it, it changed my world because when I was shooting, I always wanted to make more movies. We would use VHS tapes, which were very limited. Like you're not cutting VHS tapes at your house. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're just, you just don't have the equipment. And maybe you could, I guess, but we didn't. And all of a sudden digital made, made a, rea- a reality. And I worked with my buddy on this web series and I said, what, what are you shooting on? Mm-hmm. I'm shooting on this pen. And I was like, wow. And they said, well, how, how are you cutting this together? Because I see his edits online. Mm-hmm deadroad.net and uh, uh, I'm watching it and I'm saying to myself you know it's possible now that I could do all this at home and create and so the and it had all kind of come together and then the memorial for Nico and we start talking about the films and the possibilities and uh, so I shot day nine at home you know, on a tripod, the entire film. I'm the star of the film. Shot on a tripod, just stepping in front of the camera and stepping off camera and doing, <laughs> doing my cuts, you know. Yo, but killing it, yo. Killing it. Killing it. And then we had a, a great handful of maybe, I guess it was about 30 to 40 volunteers that I asked to be in my movie. It was a zombie movie. I had them all show up one day and I shot all the zombie scenes in one day. And then the rest of the movie was me at home. Like whenever I was like, oh. All right, let me go shoot this next scene real quick. And then I used my band, right? My, yeah. So I'm in a band, Vlad the Inhaler, which is a whole other story I could tell. Oh, but. Yeah, he's also a musician. <laughs> he's in a band called Vlad the Inhaler. 
So we use all that, all that music for the soundtrack for day nine. Mm-hmm. And I submitted to a film festival because of somebody I met through in another set, you know, indie set. And uh, we win the best short film award. Like oh, nice. everybody votes and they love it. Right. They're like, this is great. This is great. This has so much potential. And that was so encouraging. And then it just, I hooked up with syringe again. Uh-huh. And I said, I, I wrote that feature film faces mm-hmm. and I came to him and I said, I got something I want you to read and see. Cause I knew he was doing some serious stuff. Uh-huh. I, he was sending me a lot of the street art videos that he did. And I was blown away. I said, these look great. Um, and so we, we spoke about it and then just kind of started collaborating on what this is going to look like, what it's going to sound Yo, like. All right. So just to throw it in there real quick, day nine, Again, like I say, if you watch someone's, how can I put this, man? Um, you know, there's people out there that you'll, you'll look at a painting and, and be blown the fuck away by it and be like, yo, this painting is fucking crazy. And then you find out how it was made and what he used. He used basic paint, blah, 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 fucking the 99 cent pack of brushes. Like, what the fuck? It's because he's working the fucking tool to the best of its ability. So, like, someone like myself recognizes when I... Cameras could be better quality wise, but none of that shit matters if you get distracted by the story of what you're watching. And I always say that's how you know something's good, right? That's like, true. Hell yeah. Because any movie that you watch or any project that you watch, you're like, well, how much money did you have to do that? And it's like, yo, I had 500 bucks or no bucks. You know what I mean? And you'd be like, all right, cool. You killed it with nothing. So that's why I said I can only imagine what he would do with a million dollars. Like you'd be fucked. That's, <laughs> your brain would be fucked. You know, straight up, because he's. The, I feel like he's really that creative. And as someone that handles a camera and is always trying to figure out of ways of using my camera, he doesn't lack in that shit. So it's like he'll come up with an idea and be like, "Yo, I have this idea. Y'all get back to you on it." <laughs> and then be like, "Here's three ideas." And be like, "Yo, what the fuck?" And then you read them, and then he materializes the shit. And that's what happened with Suits there. Like, and that 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 those films caught me off guard because I was like, "Oh shit!" It's still in the same world as like you. You can obviously anyone that's a professional would see like, "All right, this could use this, this, and this." But it's less visible. And that means you're doing even more with it, right? Right. So bottom line is, I just wanted to say that, you know, Tom is one of those dudes that impresses me and how he delivers shit. And, you know, when you come up with an idea, you don't just throw the idea out there and be like, all right, go make it happen for me. He doesn't wait on that. He's going to be like, yo, I got the location. I got the actors. We got the special effects, fucking boom mics, all that shit. And just be like, yo, just come shoot this for me. Like, let's go. All right, Pat, let's go. You know, and... and I, I got to say that that's part of, you know, his his artistry that, well, part of his artistry that sticks out to me more than fucking anything, right? So, like, anyway, go go on. I just wanted to throw no, that I in there because I feel like with Day 9, you know, I've watched it with people and, you know, someone will always point out the obvious and it's just like, all right, well, did you like the film? It was dope. All right, cool. Then shut the fuck up. Let's right, move right, forward. Right, you know right, what I mean? Right. Well, but you, anyway. know, you know, certain people are going to look at something and they're automatically going to go to the technical side of it. They're not going to go to whatever else. Right. Is. They're going to go, oh, yeah, but this is not right. That ISO is too high. There's some green right there. I don't like, you know how people are. Well, that's not people. That's just, that's just filmmakers and people yeah, in the industry yeah, in general because yeah. I, I know that I do it. And yeah. it's, it's really hard for me to, 
when I when I watch a, a friend's film or a colleague's film or I'm at a film festival, I really wish I could just sit there and and enjoy the entire story. And sometimes you can when the film is perfect. And not, when I say perfect, nothing's ever perfect. But I just mean if it's professional enough. Yeah. Um, but just as a filmmaker, it's it's. I don't think it's being judgmental. I think it's a natural instinct where you just start finding the things that you think about when you're involved in a project. Right. You know, and it's uh, it's crazy, and it makes me it makes me laugh. I got my wife now is almost reacting that way. I have her kind of <laughs> so watching the way I react, and I'm like, oh, look at this, and look at that. She's always been very good at finding bloopers in movies like oh the guy's collar the guy's collar is up but then it's down in the scene yeah. or what and she says oh look at his collar keeps moving and but uh i start pointing out other things to her and now she's starting to see what i see when yeah. i'm looking at one of these films and we're always the biggest judge of our own work so oh, yeah. we always like that no, is true every time i was just talking to my sound engineer today uh dave and uh Dave's a great sound engineer, and we're, we were talking about a mistake that I told him I had made on films in the past, and I said, we were talking about an, uh, an audio thing I needed him to change. He goes, oh, I can't believe I missed that. And I says, hey, man, it happens. Um, and I basically told him that, look, every time I'm doing edits, mm -hmm. I could render, man, and 20 times in a row I'll render it, and every time I'll find something new that I screwed <laughs> up. It's like, God damn it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they go, how many times that happened to you, right? Yeah, you yeah. think you have it perfect. And I said to him, uh, you know, sometimes uh, that's that's just part of the process yeah, is, yeah. you know, getting through that. It's hard to have your eyes on the same thing for a really long period of time and uh, not make those mistakes. I mean, sometimes you got to take those breaks, you know, in between editing, I think, too, because it just becomes mush after a while. Yeah. You got to, like, rest your brain for a minute so everything kind of looks new to you and you could pick out things easier. Yeah. But anyway, um, so... Shortly after um, uh, the ga uh, the gathering for Nico, um, we started leading towards faces. You saw the possibilities with cameras, um, and it kind of inspired you. And I believe what happened next was is you wrote you wrote the script and you sent me the script, right? Mm -hmm. I think I came to the house with Summer. Yeah, you might be right. I think me and Summer came by, and uh, I gave you the script and I pitched it. And uh, I remember that you said, I love the story. I did. And I think Faces, <clears throat> Faces for me is a film that convinced me I could be a good filmmaker. And now I'm not saying because the film was amazing mm -hmm. or anything, but I say that because of what we overcame to make it. Mm -hmm. And what we dealt with, that was 17 days of shooting, not, mm -hmm. and not, not back to back, scattered. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it was three days in a row. Sometimes it, it was a day here, a few hours here or there. Mm -hmm. um, but 17 days of shooting. And um, the crew was entirely volunteer. And everyone was there because everybody was, it was a passion project for everybody. It really was. We worked with these young special effects artists um, out of Bayonne. Mm -hmm. That team, 17-year-old, mm -hmm. 18-year-old, I think uh, a 15-year-old, <laughs> it's three of them. And they were the children of a friend of ours that played one of the zombies in day nine. So we brought them back, um, worked with my buddy Mike Scardello for the first time when mm -hmm. we killed, uh, when we killed uh, 
the boss in the in the office. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mike was there for the blood pumping and oh yeah, yeah, and the yeah, arms yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. He killed it too. Yeah. So um, that film, what we went through, the struggles and the stories that I could tell you about making faces and ask Chris, we had access to an abandoned Catholic school in downtown Jersey City through the luck of the Irish or something because. <laughs> Because I'll tell you, when we, when we came into this film, we had nothing. We had nothing. We sat down and we had a cast and crew reading. And one of the actors, I mentioned to him, I'm looking for a morgue. And then he mentions, I got a friend that works at a funeral parlor. So I talked to the friend. We don't want to use the funeral parlor morgue because it's all fancy with carpets and wooden walls. And I said, I need stone like the police station. Like yeah. you find the body and it's there. And, mm -hmm. Um... He mentions this school. I said, can I come and check out? We could do it in the hallway. Cinder block walls? Yeah, yeah. He said, oh, fluorescent lights up? Yeah, yeah. I said, oh, it's perfect. It's perfect. So I show up and I look at it and I figure out that the entire school is, is empty. And I say, well, could we shoot like in, in the whole place? And he says, yeah, because I go and I see this huge classroom and I just envision. Because we have this, the film revolves around a guy that basically sees faces in the wall. Okay, that talk to him. Okay. Uh, people that he's murdered. All right. Okay. And it's a horror film, by the way. It's a horror well, it's film. It's like a psychological thriller slash horror, I would it say. Is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's a feature. And it's, uh, so we, we built that living room that, that the film centers around with the faces in the wall because I knew we couldn't, we're an indie Yo, can film. I, can I just say something yeah. real quick? Yeah. Yo, put it like this. In the end, it was like we had the opportunity to have our own theater of terror studios. Like, <laughs> that's, wait, that's awesome. Imagine, that's imagine like that Hollywood on the most DIY level possible, yo. But like in his genius, uh, we did a morgue scene in there in the same corridor along with all the other scenes, right? Because right, if it, right. it all happened in that main corridor, right? Right. The waiting room was all was was the nurse's office we used as the waiting room. Yeah. And then the the nurse's actual office that was behind the the door that led into the waiting room area uh, was where we filmed the climax at uh, the, the climax office. of the film at the end, the office scene. Yeah. And then the Mr. Uh, Henry Benson's office was the principal's office of yeah. the school. Uh, where this is like a CEO type, uh, and uh, that was his office. So yeah, and then it gets even better. Then he decides we're gonna, cause we're we're trying to figure out how the hell are we gonna do the faces coming out of the wall? Cause there's this, these scenes where these faces, you know, basically he imagines them on the wall. How do we do that? He decides let's just build a room in a room. So <laughs> literally gets sheetrock and builds a room within a room, right? But it gets even better. The faces th throughout the scenes as they appear on the wall, we cut them out scene by scene. So it's like you can't have two faces there and then the next scene is just the one and there's a hole in the wall. So as we film, we cut a person into the wall, right? Which is awesome. But the illest shit is the apartment that he actually lives in as a character is at his boy spot in Jersey City. And the only thing that separates those two rooms is a curtain. 
And nobody, when I tell you nobody realized that, oh, shit, that's not even in the same apartment. He would go through the curtain and come flying into the other room. And the way I was chopping it, right, it was, it was like, yo, some people never noticed that it was completely separate like that. But that was all his doing, yo, like fucking super creative. And the crazy shit is we're like, yo, it's so simple. Yeah. Like, yeah, yo. It is. It, the, it all is. The fire at the end. The fire at the end was. Do we even talk about that? The like, most beautiful so, visual effect I've seen. That's completely. And what did we use? Like a, we used like a red light and like a sock. Yeah, I, think, I think we had. A, I think we had a red light and a yellow light, and then we had like uh, a piece we of plastic like, that we were like wobbling, yeah. like yeah, yeah, and like doing this in front of it. So these lights are like flickering on the wall. So when he opens the door, it just literally looks like he's like, oh, it looks like fire, like. In the reflection on him, it just looks like it's all flickering. We added the obvious, the, the crackling and all that shit, but yo. Music. So Music fucking great. awesome, man. <laughs> so awesome, man. I would I will say, you know, shooting always has its ups and downs, and sometimes things get frustrating. Nothing's working out, and you know. But overall, when I think back on it, I'm like, that was probably the coolest filming experience i think i've had like as crazy. far as like uh something that was like wow this is some orchestrated shit it was crazy so it's funny because syringe's talking about how tough it was and it was and i remember a few times talking to him on the phone we're in the middle of the project and fuck just had a just had a heated shoot like just hard and yeah. just hard day he's like yo man i didn't know <laughs> i'm sorry he goes yo man I didn't know it was going to take this long. <laughs> and I go, I know, man. I said, I know. We're almost home. We only have these scenes left. He's like, yeah, man. It's a lot of work. <laughs> Yo, but check it. So the coolest thing was is that very first scene. What was the first scene we shot? The first scene we shot was the interview with Henry Benson, I think. Oh, yeah, exactly. I think that yeah, was the yeah, very yeah. first scene that we shot. I went home and I edited this thing. Um, whatever. We shot the shit. And when, when it was all done, I went home and I think I edited it the same night. Am I right? Yes. Because yeah. I was like, yo, you got to see this. <laughs> I send it up. And that's when I kind of knew. I was like, yeah, I'm in it for the long haul. It's going to suck, <laughs> but I'm in it for the long. There's that fucking thing again. But what's great about the shoot is that as tough as it is, every next shooting day, we, we would get even greater footage and just stuff yeah, that man. we were so happy with that we saw the way it was turning out. And again, it was that, that project inspired me so much because of all the people, when we talk about um, Andrew, um, who wrote the music yeah, yeah, yeah. to the film, um, your buddy, um, Chris. Chris, who... Yeah gave us those really weird psychedelic horror sounds and yeah. stuff and highlights to use it. Um, the bands, Sylvia Platypus, right? With the, with the bagpipes in the I mean, opening. She kind of makes it, man. It really sets the tone. Like, so, and these are all indie, indie bands giving us music, yeah. indie sound guys, DJs lending us. One of our actors is the one that wrote most of the, yeah, the it was definitely it was definitely a love project for sure. Like there was a totally. lot of love in there, yo. yeah. Oh yeah, all the scenes, um, just like yo, shooting the the head scene at who? What was your name? Your boy's name? Mike. I was, Mike. That was Mike. 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 Sorry. Yeah. Um, 
dude, he, he freaking killed it, bro. He he made like a shelf. I don't even want to tell people in case you guys want to go watch it. You don't want to go watch it too much. It's cool, you know. But it's just so I know, dope. I'm, I'm gonna have to go watch it because literally, I'm just no. Just you here. can watch it. He he surprisingly never saw I it. Didn't, yeah, I, didn't, I know when you uh, when they had the premiere in Jersey City. I I worked. I work a lot, so okay. I, I didn't have time to go down there and see that shit. But I I really wanted because he was talking about it a lot. Like yeah, he yeah. mentioned that shit. I mean, I was proud of it, man. It was I was really proud of it. And overall, and and the craziest shit is so backstory for me. We premiered that shit at the Lowe's Theater in Jersey City. Bro, that's the place where I, f I saw my first theater movie, like straight up. And here I am in like my first actual film yeah. uh, with the homie, yeah. and we're doing it there. Right. And mad people showed up. <laughs> you know what I'm grew up around the corner. I grew up around the corner from there on Highland yeah, Avenue. Yeah, yeah. And that was a place I saw tons of my childhood favorite movies. Word. And we're there hosting that. Yeah, man. That was big, man. It was a, uh, we were sweating bullets. Let me just say, I know. I, we're sitting there and we got the phones out. The movie comes on and all of a sudden. So the Lowe's is an old theater and the sound is set up in certain ways that we didn't think ahead. Like, okay, how do we want them to set up the sound? So yeah. it went to some default sound. So the audio was basically coming out from behind the film screen, like straight at the audience. Yeah. And so there was no speakers on the sound. So when it came out, we also, it was a very amateur sound job that we had because we were basically using the mic that was on his camera. It was, it was just a shotgun, shotgun mic. Yeah. And although... We still pulled for that shotgun mic. We got a, a, a lot out of that uh, audio, yeah. um, but the audio was poor. And, it, and so when we first heard it coming out, it wasn't terrible. But we, the first thing I'm, I look at my phone and it's like, and it comes on. He says, "What's up with the sound?" Question mark. Question mark. Question mark. <laughs> so I, so now Lowe's is old, right? So the projector room is like up in this little cabin like you gotta you gotta climb yeah, mount everest it, to get it, there and it was fucking <laughs> creepy up there bro oh, well it I'm, was creepy i'm sweating because when i hear come on just as a filmmaker it's almost like if you if, if your color correction looks terrible as soon as they put on the big screen and everything's really red or black and you go oh my god that looks terrible <laughs> it's like you just start, you realize you this the whole project's gonna be terrible so i run up the stairs and uh I run through the theater. I run through the theater. There's all these people. They know where I'm sitting because I was sitting in the front or something, right? I just introduced the movie. And now I go like running. Everybody's like, "What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Scared. Something's wrong. Something's wrong. Yeah, yeah. You know. <laughs> go all climb the stairs of the lows. Mm. You know, these giant staircases and. Then the next staircase, then a door, and a staircase, then a ladder, and a door. <laughs> yeah. Great. So you get a fucking tightrope. Jump over the moat. <laughs> but I get up to the projector room, and I, and I talk to him, and he says, yeah, we've got it on that. Um, and I said to him, oh, but what about stereo and surround? He goes, well, we could have said it that way, but you had to tell me that in the beginning. And he says, if I change the sound now, it's going to hurt the movie. It's just going to like, and he said, I might, and we don't have levels. It might blow up on everybody. And I said, all right. So I just, we, there was nothing we could do with that said, it wasn't terrible. Nah, I think for people us, people got past it. Yeah. And it always. was, I think for us, it was a shock to hear it in a giant theater like yeah. that. Cause we'd always listen to it at home. Yeah. We were watching it on a computer, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And so now to hear it in a giant theater and the, to hear the sound like that. But in any case, it, the, the premiere was a rousing success.
and people so, loved yeah. what we did with the film and that was something that told because day nine again was such a it was such a personal project at home and such an easy thing to do on a film and a tripod and and this was our this was a fir our first organized shoot where i was responsible for a cast crew production schedules um look you know getting the locations uh writing the story uh the music keep, keeping all that and um chris handled so much of the editing which was amazing you wow. know and it was a lot of work a lot of stuff to go through my god we had so many so many cuts yeah, but it clips. got fun man it got real fun man i know one of my favorite scenes is the morgue scene with yeah. Jason and uh, what was his name? I, I'm, I'm terrible with names, Joe. man. Forgive Joe. me, Joe. Joe uh, yeah. Yeah. Joe was fucking awesome. And uh, they played detectives. And that day we used that um, the wheelchair. Yes, the wheelchair Remember? shot. Right. We did this scene where he's, he finds out his son um, was murdered. And he's frantically going back to the police department. And uh, if you remove the little things that Tom added, those scenes wouldn't have popped the way they did. One of the things he added was when dude runs in, uh, there's like one of the, you know, if you can imagine like an old school, how they have like those metal bar gates and shit, you yeah. know what I'm talking about? He had a, a Jersey City morgue sign made <laughs> that is hanging on the thing. So when we filmed that, we made we, we made it a point to be like, all right, we got to show that dude's on his way to the morgue. How do we do that when it's a school? You completely fool everyone by just putting up that sign and all of a sudden like, well, it's a morgue, even if it looks like a school. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it instantly just like, boom, forget it. That, that blockade is gone, right? And boom. it was a relatively tight shot. So you just saw yeah, the yeah, brick yeah. outside and it's an iron fence. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. So. But it was just so dope. Like that one little detail made it pop. Otherwise, I'm telling you, That's when it. we reshoot that without that sign, right. you'd be like, is that a school? Right. You know what I mean? But it really directs you to say, all right, he's on the way to a morgue. And then he, he comes up these stairs and we shot it at night, yeah. and we only left only, like, certain lights on. So it was pretty dark in there, and all you're getting is, like, that real dope lighting, like, you know, half-lit kind of deal, right? Yeah. And he comes in, and he's frantically walking up the hallway trying to find out what's happening. And Tom, I believe you were—were were you pulling me? Yeah, you were pulling yeah, me, right? Yeah. <laughs> we're sitting on a fucking on a, on a on a wheelchair. wheelchair, and he's pulling me as he walks in, and that was like our fucking our little dolly. dolly. Yeah, yeah. But yo, it worked. It, it was fucking great. worked, yo. And for the for the moment that it comes on, and and just the way um, Joe's walking, yeah, yeah, Joe's frantically walking, and he's so convincing. Uh, he was convincing uh, that it just made it pop. And even Jason, that whole scene in general. I remember when we threw that in there. I was like, "Wow, man, we just shot some other scenes." Literally. If you he walks right past the doorways to those other sets, you know what I'm saying? Right, right. But we, you don't know that, and it's just like it was the mind fuckery of it all that I that I respected more than any that that made it fun for, for me at least. Yeah. It'd be like, all right, where's his footing when he walks through the curtain? For example, when you're walking in and out of the rooms, it got down to me going frame by frame, saying, "All right, if I cut it here, where he's opening the curtain, like right when he goes to open it and cut, can I find?" In the other clip where he's right at the same exact spot coming into the room. And right. that's how we were cutting that shit. Like, all right, boom. So literally from one to the next, it literally looked like one, just one movement. Yeah. And be like, yeah. <laughs> all that stuff is what just had me tripping on faces, man. Trip yeah, faces everything was, was falling into place. <laughs> yeah, and uh, 
again, it was that it was one of it, you know the experience that just kind of propelled me into wanting to just keep doing it and keep writing mm-hmm. more and making more movies. Um, yeah, man. And then 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 I then then I then that film wrapped that we were talking about yeah. before. So wrapped is a short film written by Jerry Janda and Russell Hackett. Mm-hmm. So Russ approaches me because he saw faces and he said, I want to, I want you to direct this short. Mm-hmm. And, um, he says, uh, you'll get paid. We have a budget. And I go, no, no, no. It's an indie project. I don't want anything. I don't want any money. <laughs> Good. Good Good shit right there. Good call. <laughs> Keep your fucking money. Yeah. I love this shit. <laughs> uh, but then awesome. I missed my rent and, uh, anyway, no, <laughs> no. Hey, listen about that money. <laughs> hey, <laughs> So uh, I directed that short film, and that was a lot of fun. Uh, working on that, uh, we shot that up in uh, Jefferson Township at a place, uh, mm-hmm. God, I think it's just called Camp Jefferson, actually. Mm-hmm. And uh, just your typical, like, Friday the 13th wooded area with cabins and stuff. So it was a cool place. So we shot that story up there. It's a, and that was kind of... A, it was funny. It was, it's, it was, the story was a play on independent filmmakers and mm-hmm. the plight of the independent filmmaker. So our anti-hero is uh, just this weird, awkward filmmaker that is always drinking. He's like an alcoholic. And <laughs> nobody likes his films. And so he turns around and uh, decides that he's going to start shooting him, filming himself kill people that were judgmental of his films and shoot that and cut that into a film. Right. (laughs) And so that was a lot of fun to do. We got to work with a lot of effects and it was a, and it was a, I, for me, it was an experience of directing when I wasn't the creative force behind the idea. Mm -hmm. I was basically trying to fulfill somebody else's, um, vision by just kind of, you know, saying, this is what I would do. And what do you think of this and that? And, and, I mean, I don't want to, not to make it sound like I had to check with anybody, but when I was doing that, I was more concerned with making sure you like this, right? Like, I'm, yeah. I want to make sure you like what's what's happening. And Russ was great, and Russ loved it, and he said, "We're doing we're doing great work here." So that was that was fun. But I think it convinced me that I like to be in like I like to be behind the story. Yeah, hell yeah. Because the the story, <laughs> like you were talking about before, the story to us is so important, mm-hmm. right? For me, when you're an independent filmmaker people look past almost anything if you have a compelling story. And so what comes into that is at least some quality of good acting as well. I, 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 and I've always think we got lucky with faces. We worked with a lot of good actors. Yeah. Everybody was awesome. Yeah. And so you try to, you try to, you you start to understand that that's very important. Even when you're making independent films Mm -hmm. is to get a, a certain level of acting because they have to sell your story. And that's everything. And then once you have that, and of course a good script is, it's important. And, oh, yeah. you know, and uh, I, I think it's just, again, that's, if you have a good story, I think a good script is, is, is close behind. You know what I mean? So you just have to, you, you put those elements together and you work with the right people and you could really make something out of absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. And it, and the stories that people will never know about some of the stuff that we did for our films and some of the stuff we got for nothing. Yeah. yeah. And some of the things that came up, we came upon just by pure luck or what we've created. If, if you watch 
any of the films that yeah. we've done in the Theater of Terror anthology, which was the four film anthology. And I wanted Chris to work on that. And you were actually supposed to shoot Bookworm. Yeah. Was it Bookworm? I thought it was. No, I thought I think it was supposed to be the one with the werewolves. Um, what's endangered? It endangered. Yeah. I, well, I, I believe it was endangered. He, I, I came to him first. With I, remember, four I, remember, stories. I remember when you were talking about getting the suit and you showed me a photo of the suit that you were going to buy. Yes. So I, I was pretty sure, I'm pretty sure it was endangered. Well, I remember I showed you all four stories. Yeah, I remember that. Hell yeah. And I could have swore you said you wanted to do Bookworm because the, uh, the cinematographer that wound up doing that one, a uh, friend of mine, Mark Boutros, mm -hmm. um, I remember reaching out to him after... Uh, afterwards to ask him if he wanted to jump on board because we mm -hmm. think we were already in pre-production and i think you wound up getting a, a gig that you could not remember, commit no. to the film or something like that because you you wanted I, to I do, do i do remember us talking about it i don't remember exactly what was going on yeah but there was a few things going on i mean during, during that time for sure yeah i mean it's it happens there's a lot of people that i've wanted to work with on other things that it's just uh one of my actors is out of, out of the country right now, and mm -hmm. I hope she. I hope we could work out when she returns uh, to make sure, because she's going to be in the last short. And the out of the country thing, I think, has turned out to be more of a commitment than I anticipated. Yeah. So, it's it's hard. You got to work around those things. But uh, anyway, we managed to make the anthology, and you saw you saw the anthology, oh, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. So it's sick. All of them are dope. Yeah, and that one took. That one was such. Hold up. Well, it yeah. was bookworm. Endangered. It, and op then the it opens with the gift. Encounter, is it, um, no, it opens with the gift. The gift. And then uh, the bookworm. Then abducted is the sci-fi one. And then endangered. Abducted. There you go. That was my shit. <laughs> with the lights. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he did these scenes with these lights, yo. And the shit is just fucking dope. And Looks then he tells me how he did it. And I was like, motherfucker. <laughs> like word he's like yup I'm like what the fuck <laughs> again mad creative yo it's a UFO landing in the middle of the woods that we kind of we recreated <laughs> and Tom, yo Tom's like yo read this script I read it and I had the visual in my head right because I'm not gonna front what got me on faces was I imagined it was written well enough to where I had the visual in my fucking head instantly like instantly and the crazy shit is, is as we shot it, I don't know how many times I had said that about like, this is exactly how I pictured it. You know, and it, it was really like coming to life in that way. Yeah. But when I read it, I remember being like, when I finished it, I was like, yo, that was a good read. Like a few people have let me read scripts like, yo, you want to work on this? I'll tell you a funny one real quick. My boy's like, yo, trying to get out the hood, kid. And I'm like, where? And he's like, yeah, you know. I got these ideas, yo. Maybe I could run them by you. And I'm like, yeah, man, cool. I'm like, yeah, guys. <laughs> so how does it go? Right? And he's like, it's a guy, bust it. So it's three brothers. The movie starts. It's a war scene. And instantly I'm like, he's like, it's a war scene, right? I'll I'll fast forward. These three motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> These three motherfuckers are in the middle of a war that he described to me to be the most elaborate <laughs> fucking shoot of all time. There's tanks. plane scenes, tanks, Air explosions, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm the, this is hand of God truth, and I'm like, I'm like, this shit is ill. 
Go ahead. Keep going. And he's just like, bro, he telling me. But then he, yo, this is where it gets crazy. The whole time I'm like, all right, it's a cool story, right? And then he's like, and then they find this thing, boom, and it opens up. <clears throat> this energy field comes out. <coughs> they come to find out they actually in the past. <laughs> They already old or some shit like that. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. And I stopped this motherfucker, right? And I'm like, yo, you need like ridiculous amounts of money. You need Steven Spielberg, Michael Bay, all of them motherfuckers. I'm like, there's no way in fuck you're going to be able to ask me to help you make that movie. If he's listening right now, I want him to call in because I'm going to help him make that movie. Yo, I will connect you to. It was a very cool story. The point was is sometimes people just overthink shit or things become impossible. Now the vision is dope, man. We had the money, yeah, let's make this fucking movie, but I don't have the the, the way I don't have a way of doing that kind of stuff. This Tom manages to write stuff that requires special effects but are practical, right? I mean Yeah. Yeah, yeah. like yo, I mean the the, the the shit if you just let your imagination take you a little bit is definitely like wow this is fucking entertaining he killed this shit and the storylines are there and more importantly yo soothsayers uh dialogue i was like this motherfucker wrote all this shit you know what i mean it's just like so like the doctor sounds like a fucking doctor you know what i'm saying people don't think of those little details and when i yeah. read stuff like when you were like yo check this new script that i think you know i'm just want to know if you're down down for this one he set me up real nice too he's like yo check out these new movies I'm working on by the way yo you wanna work on what with me and I'm like yeah that sounds pretty cool and he's like yo you can read it, read it, you can read it right now I'll, I'll shut the fuck up and literally just like yeah, sat, sat there while I'm just like I actually oh, pulled the script out from behind oh, his ear it's like a magic trick I said what's this he goes hey. yeah exactly and then I'm just reading it and yo again a good read right and I'm like dope and then he's like yo I already did some test footage for the robot and I'm like word he's like check this out <laughs> Play, now, now he's playing these scenes there's a little fucking robot it's like <laughs> the fucking eyes See, are glowing he's slick there you go he's super he knows, slick he, he's fishing right he's like I got it yo, but, I got that sound baby you're yo, yeah exactly and he's like yeah exactly he's like this but 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 I will say again the read was dope and if like if you can read something and imagine it right and he already had like I said, um, he shot these scenes, and it's like the minute you see something, now you got a visual to go with. And my visual of reading it was a little bit different, except for the part where he's just like, yo, this is the robot we're going to use. <laughs> so that, now I'm reading it, right? That's yeah. how you pitched it. And then, right. yo, he had the, the actual robot. So now I'm like, oh, shit, now I have a visual of what the robot's going to look like. And I think you even did the animation on the eyes and all that, right? Oh, or yeah. Did we talk? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So yeah. you see, like, he already had the vision. It's already there. So he's just like, you want to work on it? And I'm like, yeah, man, that sounds fucking dope. So we're actually about to work on 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 our second film together. Yeah. Which is probably going to be the best film, you know, we've done, <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's now I'm talking shit. But, nah, it's it's exciting and shit. And I, I know Tom's uh, coming correct. So stay tuned, y'all. But anyway, yo, let's go forward from there. Um, so now we're in, um, we're heading in the direction of the anthology. Right. Shortly after that. Right. Right. Is it and the anthology comes next, right? Yeah, the anthology comes next. So the anthology started because uh, our producer Russell Hackett sends me a script. 
a short script called The Bookworm. So I read it, and it's about this guy that walks into this warehouse that he purchases. We, 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 doesn't, I, I don't think there was the explanation about that, but he gets, this is his place. And it's got all uh, books all over the storage area. And he's in there. And Anyway, the long story short, there are worms living in these books, like these giant worms, and they drop this um, ooze on him. And he... It, it burns and it itches him and it finally cocoons him and like traps him and then he can't move and that's the end of the, the movie. So I said, okay, I, I like it a lot. I like the concept. So he sends me the story and uh, he says, I want to make a feature film. And I said, it sounds like a short to me. I said, mm -hmm. I think we could do this as a short. So I took the character and I made him into a, um, um, a rich kid from from a family that he, that he didn't want to be a part of okay he's he's a kid that reads he's smart he's a young man and uh he inherits some money from his father who just passed away he was a successful doctor his family is loaded they live in a mansion and uh he purchases a library that is up for auction Mm -hmm. So he gets the key from this creepy guy, Mr. Simmons, and goes inside. And uh, the worms live among the books, but what they are is they are actually people that had been the caretakers of the library before him. Mm. And he's an introvert, and he loves the books. Um, so I kind of developed the story that way. G gave it a little bit of depth. Um, I thought... Russ did an amazing job creating the story. And when we talked about creating it into the short and I sent him my ideas, he loved them. And then I decided, you know, I don't want to just commit to making one, my having my focus on one story because it's weird because filmmaking for me is very addictive. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, I'm, I am a junkie on filmmaking because as soon as I'm done with one project, on to the next. it's just like, <laughs> that's the ex-girlfriend. And then there's the new girl waiting for me at home. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm coming home, baby. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's really how it feels. Like, yeah. and you're so passionate about one. Yeah. You can't get enough of it. You watch your own film. How many times did you watch Faces? Maybe more than a thousand times in the editing room. Yeah, and it just becomes like, oh, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, it's great. It's great. I love it. I love the way this turned out. I'm so happy with my work. Or you're saying, oh, this is pretty good. I think I can do better next time. But then you come to that new project and you're like, oh, God, I can't wait to, do, <laughs> to try this and do this. And you dirty girl. Yes. You're going to get it. <laughs> it becomes it becomes a real obsession. And oh, well, yeah, well, well, you learn stuff on what you did before and you want to use what you learned going into the next project. Absolutely. Which is going to keep. It's literally just going to keep feeding it over and over mm -hmm. and over. Every Absolutely. project you do going forward. Mm -hmm. You get to know the ropes, right? On exactly. set, you get to know what to expect. And this is why I like to work with the same group of people is because there's, there are people that I trust. And when you're doing stuff like this on indie and there's not a lot of contracts going around, it's basically mm -hmm. we're all, sure. we're all making art. Um, it's uh, it's good to know that you could rely on that circle of people to deliver oh, yeah. and 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 to to make these films and uh, so the anthology was the result of that. I we started working on Bookworm and I said I'm going to write some more films to go with this and we're going to make 
an anthology called The Theater of Terror after our production company. And it will literally be the movie theater of terror where we have story, you know, f- f- stories playing on the movie screen. Mm-hmm. Um, I reached out to the people at Lowe's, mm-hmm. the friends of Lowe's, and uh, they are huge supporters of the arts. And uh, I'm a hometown Jersey City boy, and I and everybody when we premiered Faces there, I made it clear to them that that was a complete Jersey City made film, shot, oh, act, yeah. act, everything was J- JC on that. So mm-hmm. it was that was a great, and we had a relationship after that. And so I said, can I shoot in this theater? And uh, we made some arrangements, and I shot in the theater, and that's 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 the wraparound story for the anthology. Did I see that? I don't know. I don't think I saw that. <laughs> I don't know. See, that's the you. I I have probably showed you all of the individual yeah, shorts I when they were done. That. I never saw and that. And the wraparound story connects all of them. Oh shit! And so uh, when it's I a spoke fucking to them, Easter egg, yo, Easter egg movie for me. Well, this is yeah. Question: I mean, this anthology. Did you is there a way that? The viewers should watch it, or can they watch them in any order? So all the individual shorts are self-contained, so you can watch those on their own whenever you want to. In the anthology, they they all play into the wraparound story, a okay. larger part of the wraparound story. There's there's something that each of them contain that's that's involved in the theater. Okay, um, and there's also. Um, Well, uh, I, I think I explained it f- fair enough to just say that there's there's some, there's a connection between yeah. all the stories and the theater. Yeah, uh, you can't watch the wraparound without the shorts, but you can watch the shorts without the wraparound. All right, got it. You know, right. if you're gonna watch them in a particular order, then you might as well just watch the feature. And, yeah, and because then they're in the particular uh-huh. order that we have it set up for. Okay, there you go. I mean, that, yeah, that's I mean, like, all right. So you, the way you guys have it set up, just watch it from beginning to end, go into the your, the wraparound and. Well, because yeah. that, that's the way he kind of the way it was featured, right? When you watch the feature, that's how it was delivered it's right? all, on on the big on the big screen. It was delivered, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. we had that. We held that premiere at at uh, Lowe's as well. Um, got to work with so many great people, and I made it a point mm-hmm. to try to switch up crews a little bit, actors, and it's really hard for it's really hard for me because I have so many friends that I've worked with. And when I say friends that I've worked with, I, I even mean actors that became friends because we worked together that I, I'd love to work with again that are mm. so great. But those opportunities, they come few and far between because, again, it's almost like an addiction to work with new actors and you're working on a new film and you're like, oh, I want everything fresh and I just want to come in and create something completely new. Mm-hmm. Um but we, tr- I try to get some some people from old films to come to come back once in a while and, mm-hmm. and play a small part here or there because all the films in the theater of terror universe do coexist in the same in the same world. Okay, yeah. And so we do. <laughs> there's connections true. through um, news reels on television, uh, news reports, or yeah, whatever chance we cool. get, yeah. we Hold drop what, it. In. What, do we did, we did that in um, in faces now in faces so it, we referred to day nine right we referred to day nine so in in the film day nine that my first short it was a zombie film zombie apocalypse and there was a particular newscaster on television talking about the 
this incident that happened with police in this housing project and these people were biting and manslaughter and all this that manslaughter uh, massacre or whatever so um then news report is on and so we did another news report in faces to mm-hmm. detail what our main character was doing that these people were being found headless uh, throughout town and uh we from that clip when that news story is over it cuts right into the clip from day nine where the news reporter comes on and it's the exact same it's the original i think it's the original footage actually no we reenacted it actually we had to reenact it but the same actor same suit same background and uh, so we connect the movies that way so actually in the middle of faces uh, the zombie apocalypse was starting <laughs> Oh, <laughs> Which man. is funny. Yeah. When there you go. There's another Easter egg right there. Yeah. Tom got some ideas, man. Shit's dope. And now, 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 um, so Robot will be part of this new anthology or this is separate from? No. So what we did is we, we completed the first anthology and then we kind of did, oh, man, we, I did the cons and I sell DVDs, um, get the distribution deal. Mm-hmm about a year and a half of promoting just traveling you know sleeping at hotels and meeting people and that's that's the indie life you know when you're going to do it and then you try to get the distribution deal and you try to get somebody else to do the hustle um but after we did the theater terror now i was hooked on the idea of an anthology right now i said yeah now i i i just uh i had i i didn't want to get married to one story and I guess I wanted to do another feature but I didn't want to do a feature that was one story with one set of characters or even if you had you know multiple sets of characters in one story it's still one story Mm -hmm. and so I again said "I, I want to do an anthology so I wrote I was on vacation in Florida and I was reading CM Eddie Jr. Uh, and this guy was friends with like Harry Houdini and, uh, oh gosh, H.G. Wells. Mm. And so I'm reading all his short stories, right? Some are real home runs, some are mediocre, but mm. all of them in the soothsayer vein mm-hmm. with that kind of uh, throwback, um, you know, intellectual, um, deep philosophical horror. Mm-hmm. stories all very twilight zone-esque type things um about the tortured you know hero um and i was so inspired so we're flying home from vacation and i pull out my laptop and i just start writing soothsayer <laughs> and i finished the story before we landed what? <laughs> i finished the story before we landed it just came like I was like, this is because I'd, I'd been meaning to do a time travel story. Mm-hmm. So I wrote that. And, and, and there had come a time when I talked to, to my production crew, it was uh, Russ, Russell, his wife, Diane, and Todd Staruch, who plays a big part in this anthology too. We were all talking and I said, I'm going to make another anthology and I'm going to call Return. I'm going to call it Return to the Theater of Terror. Uh-huh. And now we find out more about the theater because the theater has a story in the first one. So if you don't see the wraparound, you don't really know what's going on with the theater. But so the theater's got its own story. And so I said, we're going to go back and we're going to get into it more now. We're going to do this. So I write Soothsayer. And then I say, I need a few more stories. Uh, And then the robot 
was a toy that I got from an antique shop where we shot the gift in the th first anthology. Because mm -hmm. I saw it on the shelf in the box and it's this old 1950s toy robot called Ro Robert the Robot. Not Robbie, Robert the Robot. <laughs> and when you turn the a little a wind up arm on his back, he's like, my name is Robert Mechanical Man. You know, like that kind of a wavering, yeah. Um, and uh, I said to him, oh, that's such a cool toy. What is that? Can I see that? So I'm looking at it. And he says, do you have any kids? And I said, yeah. And he says, take it. He said, I've had it in my store for 20 years. No one's even asked me to look at it. Just take it. I'm not going to sell it. So I said, great. Cause I, and I was shooting my film there. And they were great hosts to us. That's awesome. And... Uh, I go to write robot and I'm looking at the robot on my shelf and I'm like, I got to write a movie about this robot. <laughs> I have to use this robot in it's a movie. It's dope. It looks really cool, man. And so I wrote robot. Um, and then uh, I wrote haunted, which is going to be the last story, which yeah. is going to be a really cool story to do. It's going to be, it's, a, it's my first ghost story. Nice. And uh, it's it's gonna be a, it's gonna have to be a lot of that ingenuity. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'm already thinking about the stuff that I have planned, and I've already done some tests at home. Yeah. You know, you know that's right, yeah. and I got it on yeah, film. I've sure. already run some tests. Yeah, the film's almost done. Yeah. <laughs> You already shot half the shit at home. He's like, I just need you to do the credit roll, all right? Just text all that typing shit. You do that. Film's done. Sounds dope, bro. Yeah, yeah. So that one's gonna be that's that's a that's gonna be a big deal. But uh, wrote these, and then Todd says, I've got this film Splinter, right? That he so he sends it to me, and it's long, short. So I read the story. I say, this is this is a great story. I love it. I love all the elements of it. So the film. Hold up. So Todd wrote wrote Splinter. So well, yes, Todd wrote the first version of Splinter. Oh, okay. He did. Yes, and he got your little well, funky paws on it. He gave it to me, and then I said to him, "I want to change it and shorten it." And regardless of that I shortened it, and I did shorten it by about it's still long six pages. It's a it, it is a feature. Is it like a, it's a fifth? It's a fifty-six minute film. Yeah, that's a, that's a feature. Hell yeah. Um, which it was not intended. You know, part of the anthology, Soothsayer is like 25 minutes. I'm try I was trying to keep everything like 25 minutes, 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. And we started doing uh, Splinter and I completely misread the, the length of the script. I'm like, oh, we're going to bang this in. Half hour, 40 minutes maybe. <laughs> so all of a sudden we're like 45 minutes in and I'm like, we still didn't shoot the end. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I knew we were in it, but... I, you know, the story is as long as it needs to be. I, I, that's the way I always make nah, films. No, that shit was dope. I watched it and I was thoroughly impressed. And yeah, I don't think it, I don't think it could have been any shorter. No, I don't think so either. Yeah. I don't think so either. And that was a fun one because I like the, the story. The characters are dope too. I like the story. I like the, the elements of it. It, has to, it revolves around the Lenape Indians of Delaware. We've got some amazing music in the film. Yeah, it's dope. Um, and, and, uh. The acting is top notch. My, my star, Jim Thalman, was awesome. Mm -hmm. Kristen Murray plays his wife, was awesome. Everybody on the film was awesome. I got to tell you, it was one of the most, I think it was the, the, one of the smoothest shooting experiences so. I've had today. Just for the reason, like everything felt like in place and yeah. relaxed and we yeah. went and we knocked stuff out of the park. So that was great. The, the stressful thing, of, of, of course, for me about it was the special effects because it always takes a really long time 
to apply the special effects. And then when you're shooting, you're always wondering, am I getting what I need? Am yeah. I getting everything? Mm-hmm. You know, because when it comes to the effects, once they're once they're off, they're off. Yeah. It's, it's an expensive day out, mm-hmm. you know? So you yeah. wanna make sure you get what you need. And so that's always really stressful for me when we're shooting effects. I always feel like I just want a day to mm-hmm. shoot effects. I just want one day to do it, but that's that's hard to pull off too. So, because um, you you know we're shooting stuff at night, mm-hmm. and so we don't have a, a sound stage. We're not shooting in a, in a studio, so we're shooting outdoors at night, and. Uh, you only have so long. Can't be out in the middle of the neighborhood. I got my guy screaming, you know. <laughs> Freaking neighbors are like, what is going on? There's a guy screaming. Fucking cops show up. Fucking shootout and shit. Fucking zombie. Keep rolling. Keep rolling. These special effects are great. Yeah, exactly. You saw that gunshot. Oh, my God. No, so that was so we got that done, and now we're doing robot next. Right this now. is yeah, this is the follow up. And so hold up, so the the the, the actual films will be robot. It's gonna be soothsayer. It's gonna be, it's gonna be uh, soothsayer. So now that Splinter has revealed itself to be an, uh, almost an hour long, I think we're probably gonna close the anthology with Splinter because I don't know if it makes sense to drop it in the middle of two 20 minute shorts for sure you know so uh, yeah. splinter will probably be on the end of the anthology um well there's some adjustments i'm gonna have to make as a, as a whole now when i think around the story because that all plays it all plays a part in the wraparound yeah. story that i have plotted for it but um so it'll probably be soothsayer robot haunted and then we'll jump Sick. jump into splinter you know what that sounds like that sounds like straight fire I can't wait. Yeah, I no, really can't wait. It's definitely going to be cool. I'm excited. Tom Ryan is the Don Dada of, <laughs> of filmmaking. <laughs> nah, but um, yeah, we usually go for about an hour, not to cut anything short, but I would like to uh, uh, say thank you to Tom for coming through. If oh, you're not familiar. Yeah, really appreciate you coming through. Yeah, thank man. you guys for having me. It's no been doubt. F- I love talking about myself. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, if, you, if you're not up on Tom, uh, Theater of Terror, that's R-E. Right? Is it R-E? <laughs> How do you say it? Yes. Yeah, proper English, yes. fool. Check yeah. out theateroftero.net. That's T-H-E-A-T-R-E. Not E-R. Theateroftero.net. Check us out on Facebook at Theater of Terror. Even if you spell it wrong on Facebook, I think we pop up first. And and, and, and where can anyone uh, watch currently? Where can they watch Faces or? Yeah, so Day Nine is free on YouTube. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, the first, my first short film, Day Nine. But you really got to put in all these keywords because they really avoid showing that movie. Mm-hmm. So like you'll find things that have nothing to do with Day Nine mm-hmm. before you find the actual film that's titled Day Nine. What what uh, uh, what is it under? Like the- well, put in Day Nine Tom Ryan. There you go. And so, then, yeah, and right, then right, it'll yeah. pop up. Just search Day 9, but Tom it's on Ryan. The YouTube channel itself, what cha- YouTube channel is it? It's, it's a Theater of Terror. All right. So YouTube if, you, if you actually, yeah, YouTube Theater of Terror, and you should be able you to come, do that. You go right yeah, to the YouTube. page. YouTube.com forward slash Theater of Terror. Proper oh, that's English. an R E. <laughs> that's proper English. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can watch YouTube on our website too, on theateroftera.net. You uh, can watch Day 9. What about Faces? Can we about- so Faces is free on Amazon Prime. Faces is free on Amazon Prime, really? It is. It's been on Amazon Prime for a long time. I didn't realize it was for free, though. You got to read the reviews. I have it. It, Did you get good reviews? (laughs) We got some good ones in the beginning. Well, technically, Amazon. Lately, they've been a little harsh. Why the fuck? 
this movie sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, so all you assholes out there leaving negative comments, this is the right show. We don't give a shit. Fuck no, your comments. Yeah, dude, Thank you, you for fuck? watching our movie, there even though you didn't like it. Thank you suck for watching. A D, yeah, exactly. But we appreciate you guys yeah. uh, watching and giving us. Uh, it's some like views. I respond on all the comments. On I respond on all the comments. But I'm gonna go out there. Tom's like, I'm coming watching. to your fucking no, house. No, Where do you no, live, no. motherfucker? No. Thank you for watching. I'll yeah, try exactly. to do better next time. Yeah. Thank you for watching And look we, we did everything That we can I mean We did whatever we could Left it I left um, it all on set And it and <laughs> For real right I'm making another movie With your girlfriend yeah. It's gonna be censored <laughs> Word But uh, yeah It was it was awesome uh, Talking to Tom And Tom won't be um, You know This one time type guest We will have you back When your films come out You know You're free to come on here and, Heck and, yeah man And Hell promote yeah, man. them Hell yeah after and, robot, um, let's let's come on. Let's talk about the experience. And even like you know, as far as premieres, if you keep us in the loop, we'll we'll gladly talk about it here on the show. Awesome. Um, and uh, yeah, this is the light shed where we shed light on bad mother effers like my man Tom Ryan. Um, this is Syringe and your boy Bands Money Malone. Yep. And we out, y'all. Peace. Peace.